0: This episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN and by Manscaped. So it's been a rough couple weeks, and let's be honest, a rough couple months. Just a rough year in general. Yeah. So uh, for the sake of everyone's sanity, let's kick things off today with something light and also very dumb. You know, many versions of retro gaming consoles have been hugely popular in the last few years. There was the NES Classic, the Super NES Classic, the Genesis Mini, the Commodore 64 Mini, the PlayStation Classic, the TurboGrafx Mini, the Neo Geo Mini, so many minis. Yeah. But last week, Sega unveiled the next step in tiny versions of really old gaming consoles. The Game Gear Micro. <laughs> I just anticipate
1: the battery life will be exactly the same. Just if you want that vintage feel, yeah. you have to have it only work for about forty-five minutes before the screen. Forty-five s- magical minutes <laughs> before the screen starts to fade away. Can you believe it? And you have to ask your dad for like a, just a plethora more of uh, AA batteries. Yeah, please, dad. Now, those of us who were around for the original Game Gear remember it as Sega's extremely bulky answer to the original Nintendo Game Boy. It was a handheld portable that. Uh, Nope, wouldn't fit in your pocket at all unless you were wearing jinkos. And unlike the original, this new Game Gear Micro, uh, this one actually will fit in your pocket because it's 92% smaller than the original. In fact, you can fit four of them in your pocket. And if you have jinkos, the sky's the limit. Yeah. (laughs) No one's going to know. You'll you'll need to fit four of them in your uh, pocket if you want to play all 16 games because there's four different Game Gear Micros, each of them with just four games on them. Wow, so They're kind of like the old Tiger uh, handheld
0: gaming things. that just had one game yeah, on Yeah, Game & Watch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a weird choice considering that the games cannot possibly be large at all by modern standards and are also almost certainly being stored on some sort of flash memory. Mm-hmm. You could have fit all the games on there, Sega, but, but you didn't want to. But whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to need to shell out around $200 for all four micros if you want to get... Uh, The screen magnifier, which you will want that, because the screens on these things are just 1.15 inches diagonally. Small. Yes. I don't know what that is in metric. It's very small. Yes. Now, to be fair, the 240 by 180 pixel resolution, it's actually a pretty big improvement over the original Game Gear's 160 by 144 resolution. So that's good. Yeah, anyways, the general
1: reaction from American Sega fans seems to be confusion and anger. But so far, this isn't even scheduled for release outside of Japan. So, I guess uh, if you're a Sega completionist, you'll have to pay 22,000 yen plus a huge shipping fee when it comes out in October. Probably cheaper just to fly there and pick one up, to be yeah. quite honest. But They uh, won't
0: let you in, though, because you're American. And oh, you're, yeah, that's
1: right. Iceland just did the same thing. Iceland's like, we're back open, uh, yeah. but no Americans. So, yeah. so um, you know, if you want it, you'll do it, because yeah. you're a weeb. I do remember... Uh, well, I only knew one kid who had the game gear when I was growing up mm-hmm. and uh, his life must have been hell because he brought it to school and just immediately on the playground in elementary school kids were just surrounding him but it was it, when it worked because I never owned one, so I never ran out the battery on it. Uh, but when it worked, around when kids gathered around it, it was very impressive. Because oh, it was it was amazing. It
0: was uh, like at the time, like that was like the smallest color screen on like anything. So I had the ever original seen. the Game Boy that I owned
1: uh, was black and white screen, or like yeah. gr- what was it like green and black? Yeah, not even backlit. Like, yeah. You're in the car,
0: you go on. You have to wait the for the, the headlights yeah, it's or the, 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 uh,
1: you know the the lights on the streets to go by yeah. if you're on a road trip. The Game Gear was incredible, but it was also like gigantic, heavy. Yeah. Batteries just burned <laughs> straight through it. Uh, yeah, not really the, the...
0: It was great for uh, second heads. Now it's small enough to shove it up your ass if you're going to prison. So you could, you could do Progress. that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's enough fun. Let's talk about the president now. So okay, last time we had a normal Tech News Day two weeks ago, uh, we talked about how Twitter added a fact check notice to some of the president's tweets where he was just lying about vote-by-mail saying that it would lead to widespread voter fraud despite the fact that several states have been doing it for a very long time with no issues. Trump responded to that censorship (laughs) by uh, signing an executive order stripping liability protection from websites that remove or restrict access to content that doesn't fall under obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectionable, as defined in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Basically, in essence, if you hide or alter
1: the president's tweets, you're now going to be legally liable for anything on your website, which would, in effect, put any social media website out of business. Yeah. Done. Done. Now, for some background on Section 230, which is probably the most foundational law of the modern Internet, there's two key sections. 230C1 says that online services are not to be treated as publishers of what third parties post, and this protects websites from being sued if a user posts libel or threats. Section 230C2, uh, that on the other hand, gives websites broad discretion on removing whatever content they find objectionable. So, yeah, this is all part
0: of the, like, publisher versus platform talking point that a lot of conservatives have been on about for a long time. uh, Whenever a prominent conservative gets suspended from Twitter, they they trot out that publisher versus platform thing. Mm -hmm. From what we can tell, though, it's a fairly meaningless distinction from a legal standpoint. Uh, something that lawyers laugh at because you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, There's also been a bunch of lawsuits in just the past year that all used the argument that social media sites are a 21st century public square and that therefore banning users violates the First Amendment. And uh, all these lawsuits have failed, including Laura Loomer's lawsuit. I I can't believe I missed... the the result of that one. Donald Trump needs to handcuff himself to Twitter HQ. Yeah.
1: We love to see it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, there's a few steps that need to happen before Trump's executive order actually takes effect and it probably won't ever make it that far because pretty much every actual legal interpretation of it from actual lawyers that we've seen says that it's a load of shit. Like one part of the executive order that's there to ensure it's made into law basically allows the FCC to change its own laws without any input from Congress. Uh, You know, the people who make laws. So that's a Kind of a weird one. Just changing, like, the entire way the U.S. federal government
0: works Mm -hmm. out of spite. Yeah. Very cool. Uh,
1: There's also uh, already one lawsuit against the executive order filed by the Center for Democracy and Technology. And there will probably be more
0: lawsuits to follow. Yeah, I just don't really see this uh, working out. No. But nice try. So in the press release for the lawsuit, the uh, CDT, they say... The executive order is designed to deter social media services from fighting misinformation, voter suppression, and the stoking of violence on their platforms. Access to accurate information about the voting process and the security of our elections infrastructure is the lifeblood of our democracy. The president has made clear that his goal is to use threats of retaliation and future regulation to intimidate intermediaries into changing how they moderate content, essentially ensuring that the dangers of voter suppression and disinformation will grow unchecked in an election year." CDT filed suit today because the president's actions are a direct attack on the freedom of speech protected by the first amendment. The government cannot and should not force online intermediaries into moderating speech according to the president's whims. Blocking this order is crucial for protecting freedom of speech and continuing important work to ensure the integrity of the 2020 election.
1: Uh, but uh, still, stuff like this does it have it has a chilling effect. It, even though Twitter and other sites have vowed to fight the executive order, Twitter seems to have backed down from flagging Trump's tweets. And Trump seems to be really going out of his way to tweet some truly vile shit. Like his tweet on Tuesday accusing Martin Gugino, that frail 75-year-old man in Buffalo whose skull got cracked after being shoved to the ground by police, uh, for being some sort of a Antifa provocateur who was trying to scan and disable police walkie-talkies or... Something. Yeah. Clearly, they, they're they sending their best. Yeah. Uh, it's a completely baseless and absurd conspiracy theory that Trump learned about from the fascist death cult TV network OANN, which is basically Fox News for people who think Fox News is just way too left-leaning. Yeah. And the person that uh, on that uh, channel who was talking about this conspiracy
0: was someone who previously worked at Sputnik <laughs> News. Yeah, literally like a former Russian propaganda minister just... Yeah, it's great. but uh, One yeah. America News Network. Yeah, it's, he, he really feels, he's just like, well, come after me for this. I'm going to slander an old man who's in the hospital with his brain bleeding, who also like has cancer and like has been involved in 100% peaceful protesting for his entire life. He is the leader of Antifa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, in other news, despite the biggest news of the past two weeks being the massive amount of anti-racist, anti-police brutality protests in basically every city across the country... COVID-19 still around. Wait, what? (laughs) To to paraphrase Charlie Daniels, COVID-19 ain't going away. (laughs) At least in some places. Uh, Over in New Zealand, they announced a few days back that there are officially no remaining cases of the coronavirus across the entire country, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, Things are now returning to normal there with sporting events, schools, workplaces, and bars and restaurants allowed to return to normal. The only restriction remaining in place is at the border, which is smart. Um, Unless you're a New Zealand resident or citizen, you're just not getting in. And even if you meet that criteria, you have to complete a 14-day quarantine period and be tested. Well, Dave Oshry is really lucky that he's not coming to E3 this year, or that there's no E3 this year. I wouldn't be
1: able to get back in. But
0: we're going to be seeing this because America, it's not slowing down here. We're going to be seeing a lot of countries just being like, no Americans right now.
1: Iceland just did the same thing, as I said. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, our cases have... uh, Wow, it's so surprising that the numbers are going back up. Uh, Did you see there was some videos of uh, like when... New Zealand officially was like, we're back to normal. People in bars, like, cheersing. Yeah. They're having a great time, and we're just, like, sitting. I mean, technically, I guess you can go to bars here, but as an American, it's just, like, watching people play outside. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Friday in L.A., bars back open. Seems a bit rushed to me, but... I uh, will not be heading down to the local pub. It's uh, very strange. I mean, it's not, because this is all the economy trying to get back to normal, despite... The fact that this is still very much a thing. Uh, Disneyland opening on the 17th. Uh, major sports coming back. Seems crazy. But uh, I don't know what to say. Like, everyone's just kind of given up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Guess I'll die. Guess I'll die. So, listen. How did New Zealand do it? Well, basically... They took action early and they did it in a unified way. The complete opposite <laughs> of how everything happened
0: here. Yeah, we waited too long, and we had 50 states like just and everyone just gave up after to cooperate. Two weeks, everyone yeah. gave up. And yeah, there was just no effort put into it.
1: Yeah, uh, we're still at around 20,000 new cases per day and a thousand deaths per day. And even though it has sort of been on a downward trend, it's not going away. And in a lot of places, boom, it's spiking, spiking back up. Uh, Arizona looking real bad. Yeah, California of... looking real bad. Yep. There was yep. a, a huge spike in Florida, and I saw comments on it being like, well, that's just because they uh, have been filing uh, backlogged stuff. It's like, okay, well, y-. so they weren't filing this weeks ago, and that's why the numbers were reduced? Mm-hmm. Is that
0: what you're actually admitting to? I mean, F- Florida did fire, like, the actual uh, Department of Health person that was in charge of tracking all that, and they're mm-hmm. like, no, like, uh, we got this. We'll, we'll t- take care of the numbers and just also, do it in a way less detailed way. than." I you.
1: think we mentioned this, like, two weeks ago, but look at Florida's pneumonia death numbers. Yeah. Really strange that all of a sudden this year it's up by, like, 40%. Yeah,
0: and just, or, yeah, look at look at the numbers for pneumonia. Pneumonia. Way up. If you look at, like, uh, excess... Uh, mor- Flu-related Excess death. mortality, just like, you know, the normal number of people who would die in any given month, pretty even year over year, and then this year... Super high, and doesn't line up with the coronavirus numbers, but uh, there's no other accounting for why that would be.
1: And just yeah. to see how things go in Vegas uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, they just reopened. Well, because everyone in Vegas, though, they just leave, and then they go back and give it to everyone else. So saw, their numbers might be... saw a video of a guy smoking a cigarette at a oh, slot yeah. machine through the side of his masks. Hell yeah. Fucking... Yeah. I mean, that's America. Yeah. That's right. Land of the freak. That's right, baby. Ain't that America? <laughs> Uh, Anyways, yeah, like we said, spikes happening, but uh, everyone just seems to be accepting it. And like even you watching the show now, you're looking at us. You're saying, "You fucking pussies! What are you doing? Everything's the water's fine. The water's fine. Listen, take your mask off." I agree that at some point everything has to get back to normal, but it just seems
0: like we didn't try. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's about what you'd expect from. This country. Yeah. It's what we're about. Yeah. This is like, you know, being selfish, not willing to sacrifice, disliking being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and having a perfect storm. Being dead set on an early death. Yeah. And also just like, in general, just doing things while sick that you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> well, because there's no safety net.
1: We've already been over yeah, this. It's, there's, it's, the, people can't not work in yeah. this country. And people can't, like, because your health care is tied to your work. You have to fucking feed your family. There is no social safety net yeah. here. But it that is
0: impossible. That, like, that is even bigger. It's just the people in general, they just don't stay home when they're sick. Like well, Yeah. Whatever. It's a confusing place to live. But yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I can hear you typing. We should address the fact that we are simultaneously anti-virus, but also pro-protest. They already left the comment, Elliot. (laughs) They've
1: already left the comment, and they are gone from the video.
0: Yeah. Look, it's not that hard to understand, really. I mean, uh, filling the streets to protest not being able to get a haircut, that was pointlessly dangerous. Filling the streets to protest racist violence that threatens the lives of millions of Americans, I'd say... Probably a bit more urgent. Pretty essential. And uh, it's not that people suddenly weren't scared of getting sick. It's that racist violence is a lot more deadly. It's uh, a bigger threat that uh, isn't going to go away just on its own. Yeah, and there's like, uh, there's a lot of people who are
1: you know, justifiably upset enough to risk their health for a cause yeah. instead of risking their health to go drink at a, at a tiki hut.
0: Yeah, as uh, one protester told The Verge, I think it's a danger, but some things are worth it. I had to choose which virus poses the biggest threat to my family, friends, and me, and that's the police. Not a great review of the police. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather get coronavirus than deal with the uh, current police situation. I mean, in both scenarios,
1: you choke to death. (sighs) Yes. Jesus. Uh, Here in L.A. and in a lot of other cities, most protesters, they wore masks, and they at least tried to maintain social distance. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't perfect, but it's worth noting that the risk of disease transmission was amplified mostly by police who kettled protesters into tighter and tighter spaces, indiscriminately fired tear gas into peaceful protest crowds, and uh, made people cough, and also indiscriminately arrested protesters and packed them into jails or on buses or in holding areas. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, If there's a disease spike due to the protest... Safe to say it's uh, a lot of the police's fault and also a lot a lot of people now already, w- bad faith arguments all over Twitter being like, you see the spikes numbers coming
0: right after these protests? It's it's not like, how no, it works.
1: These are from Memorial Day. Yeah. Yes, there is going to be and a spike. And the places it's
0: spiking are like the... Lake Havasu. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, those big Black Lives Matter protests down at the lake. Yeah. What were you thinking? Uh, no. But yes, no, there
1: will, be a, there will be
0: a spike due to the protests. Oh, absolutely. That, that is going to happen. It's not good. No. Um, yeah it's, it's very unfortunate sure is but anyways the politicized nature of COVID-19 in this country where you know whether a person takes it seriously at all is divided along party lines uh, that had some serious fuel poured on that fire recently thanks to a series of dumb mistakes from the scientific community now first off You remember a few weeks back when we talked about how the prominent and respected British medical journal The Lancet had published a huge global study on the effects of hydroxychloroquine on COVID-19 and how the conclusion of that study was that it did more harm than good? Well, that study got officially retracted. There's a Uh, lot of chaos in the medical
1: industry now, and uh, it's not good for anyone because it stirs chaos in people and... uh, reduces their trust, justifiably so, in the medical community. Mm -hmm. So
0: does that mean, though, that hydroxychloroquine is actually good? Must mean that, because, you know... They, they, they said that their study was... They already
1: left a comment, Elliot. No, it, it not necessarily. it does not mean that it's actually good. What happened here was that some of the study's own authors requested the retraction after beginning to suspect that the raw hospital data that they were working with might not have been as accurate as initially thought. Or rather, the data was too accurate. The company that provided it may have been filling in the blanks a little bit, and this was especially noticeable to some observers because hospital data from countries that aren't known for keeping detailed records were somehow very detailed. Yeah. All of a sudden, a bunch of researchers demanded that the company hand over their raw data. They refused, and so the Lancet study, as well as another study in the New England Journal of Medicine, they were retracted.
0: Yeah, and it was the, the researchers themselves were just like, "This is not pull accurate. That, pull you have that to pull shit. It. Yeah. yeah. But no, again, this does not necessarily mean that hydroxychloroquine is effective against coronavirus. It just means we're back to where we were before, uh, where we, uh, you know, there's just not enough data to say one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, though, the World Health Organization or China Health Organization. They had a big blunder of their own this past week when one of their <laughs> experts said that asymptomatic transmission, i.e., being contagious without feeling sick, was very rare. Bl- blunders putting it lightly. Yeah,
1: so, uh, for a company that is uh, or an organization that is already not very trusted by a great portion of this country, to to have this come out was uh, yeah not great.
0: However, this it th- this story just it really underlines the problem with. Uh, laymen and scientists and how scientists' information is conveyed to laymen and why that's such a delicate thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this person said asymptomatic transmission, very rare. And this, unsurprisingly, pissed off a lot of people who took it to mean that the danger of the virus was overblown and that it meant we could have all been down at the pub this whole time as long as we felt fine. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Why am I wearing this dumb mask? (laughs) Feels like I'm wearing underwear on my face. (laughs) Uh, Well, the next day, the
1: WHO came out again saying that they had misspoke and given the wrong idea. Yes, it can be spread asymptomatically. And some research suggests that up to 40% of transmission during the pandemic has been asymptomatic. So what happened here? Okay, so it turns out that the WHO representative who made the very rare comment had moments earlier talked about how a lot of people who spread the disease while asymptomatic by their own estimation actually did have symptoms. They were just very mild.
2: So yeah. they weren't
1: asymptomatic. They were just,
0: they yeah. weren't
1: suffering from it as severely as someone in a hospital.
0: Yeah, there's like asymptomatic and then there's Fully, fully asymptomatic. Oh.
1: It, yeah. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I, I must have swallowed down the wrong hole. You see, I my coughing fit was triggered yeah. by something.
0: So basically, the WHO is like their actual scientific definition of asymptomatic when they said very rare. Uh, and the general public's definition of asymptomatic. Not the same. Not the same asymptomatic. So truly 100% asymptomatic people with zero symptoms, not even a mild fever. They're the ones that very rarely transmit the disease. But uh, plenty of people who feel mostly fine and definitely not sick have transmitted the disease. They thought they were asymptomatic, but they really weren't. Uh, And, yeah, this is just one of the countless examples throughout time of how difficult it is to convey scientific information to the general public um, and how carefully these people need to talk Mm -hmm. because it can cause a shitstorm. Um, And, yeah, in this case, despite the clarification, the damage is done. Uh, Anyone who already suspected that the WHO were exaggerating this whole thing, they heard the first part about asymptomatic transmission being very rare, and they stopped listening. Like, I rest my case. I'll see you down at the Chili's. Exactly. Anyways,
1: uh, yeah, in other coronavirus news, that Tesla factory in Fremont that Elon Musk went ahead and reopened against the orders of Alameda County, uh, it already has multiple employees testing positive for the virus since reopening. So oops yeah who could have who could have seen that this might happen yeah and hey remember how the ultimate fighting championship ufc was talking about holding their fights this summer on an island in order to get around lockdown restrictions well they revealed this week that fight island is real and it's in abu dhabi oh boy and uh, if you look at it on a map yeah it's it's an island but really only in the technical sense Uh, there's a highway that gets you there and the bridge is maybe 200 feet long but hey Fight Island.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, in the
1: perfect place for a fight island.
0: It's a, it's an island in the sense that uh, it is surrounded by water. hmm But if you were picturing, like, you know, an island out in the middle of the sea, yeah. this is very much not that. Well, so, but hey, Fight Island. It's happening. I, mean, I do want to
1: point out that, like, I, I think it's uh, all Americans, based on the average health of the average American, should probably just stay home because diet... And obesity rate would have you believe that you don't feel very good all the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just, you know, like our air quality sucks. Yep. Our water sucks. Yeah. Uh, we're all fat. None of us get enough exercise. Yeah. I don't know
1: when the last time I, uh, I felt good was because I'm just perpetually feeling Every like
0: shit. day is a, a new and different pain. Mm-hmm. I'm never asymptomatic. I always have symptoms, even when I'm well. I got, I got actually so pissed because... Uh, I, there was a couple
1: times like in the past couple of months where I was like, you know, <clears throat> and then, oh crap, dude, I have it. Yeah. And I got the, I got the fucking antibody test done at, at the doctor's office, never had it. And I had multiple sleepless nights where I'm like, I don't know, is it possible? Yeah. I haven't done anything that put me at risk, but is it possible?
0: Yeah, I'm convinced if I had it, I'd be, I'd be one of the ones that just like, he died. I don't know what happened. Like, <laughs> like, just, like one day. I'd be one of the ones that just like me. Yeah. I'm, it's uh terrified of it, but Apparently, I've been
1: doing everything right because I didn't fucking get it, which yeah, goes nice. to show you, if you stay inside and you don't go to Target anymore, <laughs> that you'll be fine.
0: Anyways, yeah. before we check in with Phil Rigo for his little news segment yeah. this week. Sure to be a joy. It's time for a word from this week's sponsors, starting with ExpressVPN. If mm-hmm. you ever search for something online that you maybe wouldn't want other people to know about... Yeah, you have. What's hentai? Maybe you thought you were being (laughs) clever by firing up an incognito window so none of it saves your history. Well, I hate to break this to you, kid, but incognito mode doesn't actually hide your online activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your ISP can still see every single website that you have ever visited. That's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using ExpressVPN. Now, it doesn't matter if you get your internet
1: from Verizon or Comcast or one of the other two ISPs in the entire country. Uh, They can all legally sell your information to ad companies. But ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so ISPs can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, you won't even realize that you have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and it is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button
0: and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com newsday, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash newsday expressvpn.com slash newsday to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because
1: Manscaped has a new product, the Weed Whacker. It's a nose and ear trimmer. Yep, the Weed Whacker is real. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you're going to see some hair sticking out of those holes. It is time to keep your ears and your nose looking great just like your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear ear hair trimmer, it provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The
0: premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. You ever pull nose hair out with your fingers? It's worse than nicking your balls! But mm-hmm. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. You'll even get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Fellas,
1: 79% of partners polled, they admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code TECHNEWSDAY20 at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. That is code TECHNEWSDAY20 at manscaped.com. All right, Phil, what do you got for
0: us this week?
2: Remember COVID-19, the Chekhov's gun we saw in early 2020? Well, with some of the protests and police violence falling out of the 24-hour news cycle, it's back. And while all this has been going on, a lot of people uh, who still have jobs, they're still working from home. Remember how cool it was at first? All your meetings and calls got replaced by Zoom video conferences. The first few days were neat. It's like, look at my virtual background. Couple weeks later, a lot of people started burning out after having you know, a grid of faces judgingly stare at you for eight hours a day but if it makes you feel better zoom fatigue is a very real thing so no it's not fun so companies they want to get everyone back to the office asap right like that's a real thing right well twitter is leading the charge in the other direction saying some employees can permanently work from home other companies are doing the same and whether or not you agree with the movement a lot of people get the creeping feeling that working from home is the new normal And while that may afford some people the luxury of not dealing with traffic, smelly coworkers, or a disgusting workplace microwave, it ushers in a whole new set of problems, such as your boss tracking everything you do at home. I already talked about Zoom tracking issues like two months ago, and guess what? Zoom killed the feature where your boss could track you. This, what I'm talking about now, way worse. Employers are making employees install tracking software so they can see what their little employee drones are doing because, you know, presumably the adults that they hired to do a job, which employees, you know, they had performed up to a satisfactory level in person prior to the pandemic, can no longer be trusted to manage their time and do their job because there's a virus out there. Cattleware, as some people call it, can check employees' locations via GPS, track what sites they visit, and have a record of who attended each meeting. The icons you just saw are from the website of Hubstaff, who offer these services, and so much more. But they're not the only game in town. ActiveTrack offers similar services, or you could go with ProtoScore, which I legitimately read as PedoScore the first time I saw it, or the very timely Staff cop, staff cop, staff cop. I'm just gonna say it one last time. Imagine your boss addressing the whole department you work for on Zoom. All right, yeah, so we're gonna have like everyone work from home. Not much is gonna change. Just you know, install staff cop. It's gonna take screenshots of your computer screen, log your keystrokes, monitor background processes, your email, track your Skype and chats. Watch what websites you go to, track keywords, monitor your use of social networking files and you know whatever it's up on your clipboard. Oh, uh, it's gonna block a few websites, disable your USB ports if we choose it to. And fuck it, uh, there's some apps you can't even open on your computer, but hey, every Friday you can throw up a silly Zoom background, but it's not really gonna be a surprise because we, we know what sites you've been to and we can see the files on your computer. ASCAB, all staff cops are bastards. In fairness, not every company's tracking software is this invasive and this kind of software isn't anything new. It's been used in offices for years and it's actually a topic you can debate. Should your employer have digital access to what you're doing as if they're standing over your shoulder watching what you're doing from two inches away all day? Clearly, you know how I stand. I I, I think this type of software is gross and wrong and scummy and Hubstaff either has a guilty conscience or is sensing one among its potential customers, evidenced by this recent blog post. Is it legal to track employee location via GPS in 2020? Fucking A plus sign your software's like super cool when you have to blog about its legality on your own site. Let me read a little bit here and see if I can keep a straight face. Tracking the work locations of employees is easier and more affordable than ever insights gleaned from monitoring the location of team members can help improve safety operations record keeping and customer service however it is important to keep in mind the morale of employees implementing new technologies at the workplace does not come without risk and there's often no clear precedent legal or otherwise regarding their use ah yes that pesky thing employee morale Hubstaff knows that monitoring every literal movement of your employees might be a bad idea. You don't trust your employees, so you make them install this shit and then they don't trust you. It's it's the circle of life. Uh, There's two other laugh out loud highlights in the heading, considering state laws with a bullet point, do I need consent, which makes this sound like a scumbag's Google history prior to crossing state lines. Uh, A little further down, a personally owned device that's used for work probably shouldn't be tracked after hours, but this will ultimately come down to getting consent from the employee and local laws. I fucking love the gall of these psychos. They admit you probably shouldn't be tracking your employees after work hours with software you made them install on their personal device, but if we fire up the old consent and local laws again, you might be lucky enough to turn a probably shouldn't into a, it's legal, so fuck you, Jeremy. Why did you go to Taco Bell last night at 11.47 p.m.? I thought you said you were tired in the meeting at the end of the day. So the worst part of all this is, if your boss tells you to install one of these, what are you gonna say? No, there's over 40 million unemployed Americans. So if you won't do it, they can probably find someone else who will look if your boss asks you to install this or your company you can say no or try to band together with your peers but that's risky man and they could be like no that's unionization and that's if you're gonna do any of that stuff that's a that's a heavy think. that's a big conversation before you move on it so it sucks it fucking sucks i remember on this show like a few years ago everything just seemed so quaint and i could bitch about verizon throttling unlimited data plans those were the days. That that was when that was my biggest problem. How can I how can I update that story for 2020? Cox is slowing down entire neighborhoods to punish excessive usage by single users. That's how you update it? Uh, Ars Technica talked to a Gainesville, Florida Cox customer whose entire neighborhood was put into the upload speed penalty box because he was using too much data. The super short version of this story is he pays for gigabit internet and an additional 50 bucks for unlimited data. And then he received a letter saying he was using too much of that unlimited data and they plan to shut his internet off unless he stops uploading so much. How much? According to him, quote, no magic number or threshold, just an arbitrary amount of decrease, a Cox deemed good effort. You know why this extra sucks? Because everyone's at home more right now presumably using more bandwidth while they work from home, see the first story, uh, entertain their kids at home, or try to unwind and not lose their minds and have a nervous breakdown at home. Back in March, even Comcast, the most hated company in America, several times over, ditched data caps as a gesture of good faith while we get through this together. Meanwhile, Cox is punishing this dude's neighborhood because he uploads huge amounts of data according to him, for his job around 1 a.m. to 8 a.m., typically when usage drops because everybody's in bed. I feel like some of the emotion I had during last week's episode, you know, the one that had like 200 hours of police brutality just strung out, uh, it's kind of displaced to this week. Um, I was so mad and angry last week, but I was also sad and numb, and I just kind of was like, hey, fuck it, here's how you don't get tracked. But you know, I couldn't get fired up last week, so I did this week. Um, I'm pissed, and I'm directing at shitty tech companies and companies that use technology bad. Now, which maybe isn't you know the most pressing thing, but hey, you know, it's still almost the end of the world. So I'm gonna take some of this out and go scream into a pillow. I'll be back next week. Oh, I cut my hair today. Whoo! All by myself. That is a dangerous game, friend. I don't. That's, I don't recommend that.
1: Well, thanks, Bill! Uh, Now, in some other brief tech news from this week, Google announced last week in the midst of everything else that foreign hackers had targeted the personal email accounts of staffers on both the Trump and Biden campaigns, with Chinese hackers going after Biden and Iranian hackers going after Trump. Considering how central the email hacking of the Clinton campaign was to the 2016 election, it seems like both 2020 campaigns are taking this pretty seriously. But, hey, there's still five months until Election Day, and all it takes is one fuck up.
0: All it takes is, uh, you know, whatever whoever's the John Podesta of each of these campaigns to get a, a phishing email, a, just a blatantly fucking fake phishing email. Like, yeah. Hey, it's me, Google. Click on this and uh, type
1: in your password. I know we've talked about it before, but remember when, like, the president of, or the CEO of Machinima did that?
0: Yeah, Uh, the entire uh, Machinima YouTube channel, like, uh, they got locked out of it. It Yeah, and all the server, email servers were shut down. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, it was great. It's always, yeah, it's, hey, excuse me, we can't get into your email.
0: What's your password? Oh, well, here it is. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) Also, uh, and (laughs) we got some Quibi news for you. Oh, great. The Quibi news never ends. They have finally, after way too long, added Chromecast support to their app two weeks after adding AirPlay support. <laughs> so, for the dozen or so Android users out there who were really excited to sit down with the family and watch some Quick bites, but couldn't because of the app's totally idiotic insistence on only being able to watch on your phone screen, rejoice, I guess. I opened it up the other day. I was
1: a little quibby curious, and I, mostly because I wanted to see how much time I had left on the app. I have like 25 days left mm. or something. Uh, and... Uh, I scrolled and scrolled, I, yet I could find nothing to watch. So it's not a, you know, it's not a tech issue. I don't think it's. I think no. it's a content issue here. Anyways, that's what that's it for this week's tech news day. It is 110 degrees yeah, it's in this room. Real hot. Uh, we kept things mostly protest-free today, but that does not mean that the protests are over or that any of the problems that they address are solved. Uh, but uh, we do need to thank a whole lot of you out there for helping us raise nearly $60,000 for our fundraiser for the Bail Project. That's a lot. Uh, You wildly exceeded our original goals with this one, and uh, we are just extremely proud of what this community was able to accomplish here. Thank you for your service. You're all very good people. Yeah. It's incredible. We love you. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, And if for some reason you missed our previous coverage of the protest, uh, you can check out the videos right over here. But uh, in the meantime... um, Avoid the heat by staying indoors. Beat the heat. Stay indoors. Yeah. Don't get coronavirus because it didn't go away magically. It's still here. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.